0: Alright, three, two, one. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest. Her name is Tina Foster, and she's just published a book within the last four months. The title of the book is Plastic Macca The Secret Death and Replacement of Beatle Paul McCartney. And it was published on January 22nd, 2019. I bought and read through the book. I'm also familiar with some of the material that she had posted on her blog, but she has agreed to an interview, and we're going to talk about. Uh, a subject with not a little controversy, a lot of controversy, which is whether this central figure of the, probably the most popular band in the world was replaced sometime in the 60s. So, Tina Foster, are you there?
1: I sure am. How awesome. are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for agreeing to the interview. I'm glad to, uh, that you uh, agreed to it. So, maybe what we can start off is uh, just talk a little bit about your background and how you became interested in this, this peculiar subject.
1: Okay, well, I was, I became a Beatles fan in high school, and I started reading biographies back then. And then I, you know, I heard about the Paula's Dead rumor, but I didn't put too much stock in it. This was before the internet, so. But I did wonder why Paul changed so much, why he went from hot to not, basically. But, you know, I was busy with life and getting graduate degrees, including two law degrees. And uh, then when I was getting my LLM in 2008, I came upon a website that had comps, comparison pictures of Paul and Fall. And I thought, well, I'll just look into it. You know, I was researching something else at the time. But that <laughs> couple of minutes turned into 10 years now of researching the Paula's Dead conspiracy theory. And well, it took me about two or three days of intensely scrutinizing pictures of Paul and Fall before I could see the difference. And But once you see it, You you can't unsee it.
0: Right. (laughs) I agree.
1: But then once I realized that Paul had been switched out, I the gravity of the situation hit me like a ton of bricks because this is such a devastating psyop because Paul was so loved by he was loved by so many people. And that they could actually pull this off by switching out somebody that famous and popular. It's, it's a scary situation. And I first just set out. I got angry and I set out to show that Paul had been replaced. And... You know, I was busy on the forums and I started a blog in 2009. I started doing radio shows in 2009 actually talking about Paul having been replaced. But people, they they want, they demand that, that you have all the answers for them as far as why and where and who and how. So then I developed a theory based on the clues and the evidence and... The reverse speech and just common sense about what happened to him. And I try and I, I lay it all out in plastic maca and I try to explain what I think happened to
0: him. And, right. and there's so, so much there. There's so many things that hint. So many people have said off color, strange remarks, including uh, this new person. I agree with you. I think he was switched. I just say that at the outset. And that the word fall comes from, not from you, it comes from other people surrounding this new person. That's what they called him, correct?
1: Yes, and actually when I was reading biographies back in high school, I saw that John Lennon called him faux Paul. And I really was, I wondered about that. I was like, what is that about? But then, of course, now it makes sense But I, I haven't been able to find that reference again reference. but
0: but there's little pieces within the uh, studio albums maybe we can just talk about who the original mccartney was and what happened and how and what t- the timing of his what you think is his original death and how this new person was uh, was his replacement
1: well james paul mccartney was the the, the original beatle and he was a genius musician in my opinion he wrote yesterday and Eleanor rigby and he was a a darned good bass player you know he could play and see didn't watch the fretboard he could uh spin around on stage and, and not miss a beat and uh
0: left-handed too right
1: And left-handed, yes, he was completely left-handed. He said in a 1963 interview that he did everything left-handed. He even used to write backwards. So then, you know, the Beatles were touring. They did uh, world tours. And then the last one ended in 66, the U.S. tour, the end of August 66. And that's when I think he was switched out.
0: Was sixty six, um, something happened in sixty six.
1: Yes. And that it, that corresponds with the Paul is dead story that's been going on for fifty years. You know, it first um, surfaced in sixty seven people were talking about how Paul died in an accident, a car accident. And then it it, it was under the surface and then in sixty nine it became really big news. That something happened to Paul, and, and people just thought it was a car accident. I don't think it was a simple car accident. I don't. I, I think that there was more to it. Uh, okay. That he was that it that he was taken out on purpose because he was not willing to serve the agenda. And the Beatles were very influential and popular. And they had a lot of sway over uh, not just young people, but, you know, they had a huge audience.
0: Huge cultural impact, probably the most, in, in the early 60s, the most important band, right? And so when he supposedly died and was replaced, was a huge cultural change in the band, too, right?
1: Oh, yeah, so that, everything changed from 66 to 67. That ushered in the Summer of Love and the LSD um the culture, the psychedelic. Basically, if if you look deeper under to the deeper causes, I do believe that uh, Paul, the Beatles and not only Paul, but they were speaking out against the Vietnam War, which I think could have been problematic for them. Uh, Paul was getting get, getting interested in the JFK assassination. He didn't buy the official story. And he was, he was offering to write the score for Mark Lane's rush to judgment. And he, he didn't believe that Oswald was the lone gunman or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think that would also be another problem for them. And he, they were against segregation, which was an institution in the American soul, So again, that was problematic. And uh, so I think they were just too influential to have these views that were going against the, um, well, the deep state or the Illuminati, whatever people are calling them now. <laughs> right.
0: Well, um, there is a kind of an occult aspect to the new Beatles, the post-Paul Beatles. There is like... You know, there's just all kinds of stuff in Sgt. Pepper's references, occult references, drug references, uh, new age type ideas that did not, were not, they were not precedent. They weren't there with the old Paul, whose personality was much more kind of saccharine and the nice guy personality, where this new one, much different.
1: Right, and so Paul, there was, there's no history of drug use for Paul other than, maybe a a couple of prolies when they were playing Hamburg all night long. But he was not much of a drug user. And he, uh, I don't think that he would have, he would not have pushed the drug agenda, in my opinion, just from his personality, saying outright in 1965, he said that uh, people had tried to get them to, to get people to either not smoke or not drink or do whatever. And he said that they would never tell their fans what to do or not to do. So they were not going to be pushing any agendas. So then when, when fall steps in, you know, he was the first British pop star to talk openly on TV about taking LSD. So, Here you have somebody who's very influential being used as, it's almost like a celebrity advertisement, Uh, and people did get interested in trying it because, you know, their hero Paul McCartney liked LSD, so, oh, we have to try it, and Fall even admitted that he knew that would happen,
0: so. Right, so he's definitely promoting it.
1: Yes, exactly, and so, you know, LSD isn't some harmless drug. It's a psychochemical warfare agent, and it was unleashed into the population as an experiment in mind control. And then, you know, Timothy Leary talked about that and also coupling it with psychedelic music, which was also, um, you know, there was, it was flourishing and on purpose. Right. So this was all part of an agenda to probably hijack the Vietnam War protesters. So it was all
0: part of it. And there are connections between the Beatles and Leary. Uh, post-Paul. There are two songs that were written about Timothy Leary, a reference. Leary, did you know that?
1: Yeah, I yeah. do. But I'm, I'm I
0: can't blank. remember the name. I'd have to pull it yeah. up. It's in my book, Children of the Beast. But, yeah, there's, there's definitely connections there. So you see that the, the post-Paul Beatles become cultural change agents towards Illuminati, Illumina cult principles.
1: Exactly. And so Alistair Crowley is, an, is a big figure there, but, you know, there's the occult aspect that he was also MI5, and he was a co-founder of the Tavistock Institute. Crowley was? Yes. so I would like I, to see that
0: reference. I'm, I'm not sure that's fully true, but he oh, definitely, he was actually before MI5. Crowley was a member of the Special Intelligence Service. Well, uh,
1: I mean I've got all that stuff in the book um, so I think that his prominence probably is due to that but the occult is you know that is also uh, that also plays into it but I think that the controllers the powers of the Illuminati saw an opportunity there with the Beatles rather than just stamping out the pesky beetle they decided to use and exploit his influence and popularity to push the agenda, push the cultural, uh, social engineering social in a certain direc- direction, Yeah, using his good name.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, so they have this new person who, uh, in 66, the Beatles went on like a hiatus, right, or 67, and by 69, or there's a new who shows up, he was an inch taller, different eye color, different ears. Yeah. Um, all kinds of stuff.
1: Mhm. Yeah, so the end of the US tour that was uh, the the Beatles basically disappeared for about 4 months until December of 66. Which was very unusual because they had been always in the limelight and They were the most photographed subject of the 1960s. So that was strange. And then they announced that they were never going to tour again, which was also strange. And um, so they, so Fall, I think he makes his first appearance in LA on August 28th, 1966. I don't think that's the, the real Paul anymore. Mm-hmm. Certainly by November, it's not Paul because there, there's a there, there's a video of him in Kenya, which is definitely the new guy. And then December of 66, outside of EMI Studios, there's a short interview, and you can tell that's not the real Paul anymore. His nose is a lot longer, for one thing.
0: And the, the newer Pauls in the interview, he looks dazed and confused, like he's... He doesn't have that kind of confidence and, you know, there's clearly some type of, like, even visual body language signaling that's totally different.
1: Right. Yeah. He's not comfortable in Paul's skin, basically. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of forensic evidence and voice prints, to that prove that it's not the same Paul. So we're not just making this up. We have two forensic scientists. Who actually set out to prove that the Paul is dead rumor was just a rumor, and they surprised themselves because they found six physical differences. Uh, one was the skull shape, which you know doesn't change with an adult, so that's you can't explain that away. Um, Paul's head was rounder, and Paul's is more elongated. He let his face go long, basically, right? right. And um, and then also the nasal spine was different, and they suspected that the mustache that falls started sporting, and the end of '66 was meant to conceal that. Gotcha. And the jawline was different. The teeth and the palate were different, and uh, the tragus, which is part of the ear, was different.
0: Right, and you cannot change the 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 um, palate. Like the palate, you can do surgeries to adjust or move things, but the palate, uh, you know, you'd have to go through a very intensive surgery to do that.
1: Yeah, it's extensive surgery where they would have had to have inserted a prosthetic into his palate, and then he would have had to have worn braces for a year. So that obviously didn't happen. Right. So you can't... So how do you explain these differences, either than it's a different person? Right. You can't. And right. really one physical difference would be enough to betray a double. I mean, I write about that in the splitting image, too, that these spies that are uh, wearing disguises and trying to get past border guards or whatever, you know, one misplaced eyebrow could give them away and actually cost them their lives. So here we have Fall, who's a very sloppy double, Right. You know, but people, they want to believe that it's the same way because they want to believe that fantasy.
0: Right. Well, it's it... pretty hard to believe people have been switch out unless you're kind of like in an intel or you've heard of all the other doubles or I mean, most po- uh, political leaders have always had doubles probably going back for hundreds of years. And yeah, so it's uh, it's a tough one to, to come to the conclusion that the, that the guy was changed out. But there's just so many indicators that. You know, something was going on.
1: Well, that's why I wrote the splitting image. It was a, meant to be a primer for the plastic macabre because it's documenting the history of doubles in known cases and that how much technology is involved and the sophistication of the disguises And the plastic surgery, how far back all of that goes, goes back to medieval times. Not maybe plastic surgery, but certainly they were using doubles in medieval times as part of the psyops. And all sorts of reasons. I mean, there are decoys for important public figures, politicians or whatnot, all the way up to somebody actually being imposter-replaced that was shown in the man in the iron mask how they were trying to stage a coup right by right. putting the king's twin in and he he was basically a controlled puppet that was the idea and that's what i think happened with paul
0: have you ever seen the kurosawa film kagemusha
1: i have not which
0: is basically about that they have a they have a double they have a double for the king so that they're tricking their enemies uh, that it's the same person so they dress him up like the king and he slowly becomes the king he starts to take on his mannerisms he learns his mannerisms it's a really remarkable film if you get a chance oh. and there's like a word for it's a it's a known word in japan which means like body devil you know so it's something that in the japanese culture that they know of It's interesting. yeah
1: yeah well I, you know there's Like Stalin's doubles, they received training in how to mimic Stalin. Like One was an actor. He actually went to study with another actor who was playing Stalin in films. And one of Saddam Hussein's doubles was actually assassinated back in the 80s because they thought he was the real Hussein. So... You know Kim Jong Il is another one who supposedly died in 2002, and then a, about four doubles were trotted out as needed so that the military elite could keep control.
0: Yes, right. Just like Kim Interesting. Yeah, it's remarkable.
1: Yeah. I
0: would actually think that Hillary Clinton had a double during the 2016 election. Did you ever see that person who walked out of the the place in New York after she flopped on September 11th, 2016? Yes.
1: I wrote about that in oh. the splitting image. Um, I mean, we know there's a Teresa Barnwell who is a, a pretty famous celebrity impersonator of Hillary. So I don't know if she was the one who they trotted out later or if there's a different. I, I doubt that somebody they would use as an imposter would be anybody that we would have heard of right interesting so right
0: no but no i mean you're making great points because it all puts this person in context who who is this new person where does he come from why was he switched out i mean the beatles are hanging out with pretty sketchy characters too in their phase there's pictures of them with jimmy savile who has all Mm -hmm. kinds of occult i mean basically a witch died and buried as a vampire just engaged in all kinds of sketchy stuff, you know? And, and
1: also, uh, when I was reading biographies uh, back in high school, you know, I read that the Beatles, once they made it bank, they did not allow new people into their group because they had trust issues, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Paul disappears, and then suddenly Yoko Ono comes in, and also Linda Eastman, But it appears that Linda Eastman was already together with Paul before he ever became Paul.
0: Interesting.
1: And that was something that Jay Marks talked about when he went to the engagement party for Jane Asher and Paul McCartney. He was confused. He's like, "Well, why is Paul hanging out with the girl with the camera?" And somebody told him, "Oh, that's that's the new Paul."
0: Right. There was like weird (laughs) things. Yeah. 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 It said, oh, don't you know that's his replacement? It's all very hush-hush. So there's all yeah, kinds that's... of little things going on that kind of give it away.
1: Oh, so much. Yeah. So I much.
0: Mean, yeah. And even like the you were talking about all the plastic surgery, there's pictures of him. It looks like he has already had plastic surgery. Like his lips look like he, he has injuries or something.
1: Oh yeah, the plastic surgeons say there there's telltale, there are telltale signs of plastic surgery on him, even though he denies it.
0: And then he takes on like he's a very clean shaven guy for all of his life, and then all of a sudden it's beard and mustache and big hair and you know,
1: and unkempt. Unkempt. Yeah. And, and even Jeff Emmerich, who was there, one of the sound engineers. He, I think he was hinting at the change without getting himself in trouble. But he would say, "Oh, the Beatles were all great friends and and well dressed and and fun to be around." And then, practically overnight, they're they hate each other. They're they're not fun, and they are all scruffy looking. So
0: <laughs> right, like something happened fast, and then they broke up in the '70s, right?
1: Yeah, nineteen seventy. So it happened
0: yeah. fast. So this guy gets switched. Beatles come out with Sgt. Peppers. The band breaks up. P- the fall. The new guy starts Wings and does not have a lot of success. So it's, he's clearly not the same kind of talent that Paul McCartney, the original Paul, was in the er, in mid, early and mid-60s. Right. It seems like.
1: No, I agree. I think that the, some of the songs... I mean, Paul would never have released some of those. But um, it is kind of funny with Fall, how he... You know, he admits that he can't play a day trip or live or nowhere man, and he doesn't know the chords for a Hard Day's Night. <laughs> wow,
0: that's incredible! That's incredible. And there's actually pictures in some of their movies where the new guy is holding the guitar the wrong way, right? Like he picks it up on a right handed, switches it back. Yeah, you know,
1: and Penny Lane. in Penny Lane, you know, there's this brief moment where they're all sitting around this table and fall. Goes to take the bass and play right handed he, he corrects himself quickly, but you, you can see that. And then there are also pictures of him playing bass or guitar right handed. Now people say the pictures are switched or flipped, but one of them is in the anthology, which is an official Beatles release. Okay, from like '95 and. They put in a picture of uh, playing right-handed guitar in in India during. I think they're playing "I Will" at the time. But I say, look, even if that's flipped, then that is a big clue that they've just dropped for you in that movie because they know what they're doing. Either they're purpose, well, they're showing either that he's playing right-handed, just straight at or they've flipped it. But I think that would be a clue. I see.
0: I mean, but there's other visual markers, too, right, through all the Sergeant Peppers and some of the backmasking you talk about, Paul is dead. There's just all kind. There's just not one thing. It's just over and over. They're referencing. I think at one point, uh, Ringo Starr said, I'm the only one left, right, after Harrison dies?
1: Yes. Ringo said in 2011 that he was the last remaining Beatle, and that is... um you know, that's an, a real article that you can verify because I know there's some fake news things out there. But then they're like, haha, it's a joke. And then they're like, well, but even the best jokes have some element of truth in them. It's like, <laughs> <Sure. Absolutely. laughs>
0: you know, I mean, but so that's they're... kind of like actually kind of an occult thing. Like it's a big joke, but we're serious. And he's been, actually saw in an interview with Paul, Paul McCartney on Letterman where he makes the occult sign of silence, you know, which, you know, on a surface, just means be quiet, but I mean, it has a dark, it goes back through Crowley. It has a very deep Western esoteric, you know, uh, progeny. It's incredible. So
1: oh, there... you know, it's all, do
0: you ever see the picture of fall where he's carrying the golden apple where he's walking through, I think the, it was an indica gallery.
1: I don't think I've seen that I one. I think
0: if you look, find that because that gold apple is like the golden apple of chaos by the great Greek goddess, Callisti. If you find that, and that if you look through, there's a real deep occult importance to that. And when I saw that, I was just like, "Whoa!" And he's like carrying it out in his hand, in one hand, like he wants people to see it. It's really a trip.
1: Okay. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yes, um, but there's some pretty dire consequences if you're a member of the Illuminati and you betray their secrets. I mean, they they say they'll bury you up to your neck in the sands and do horrible things to you, like take your tongue out and stuff,
0: so... Right, well, I the mean, Masonic, you know, all the Masonic, uh, you know, initiations are all kinds of, cut your throat, all kinds of bad stuff, so...
1: Yeah, so, and, and we do have people that have been threatened, and people who, I mean, Heather Mills was threatened with death, right. and Mal Evans was shot to death right before he was going to release his tell-all book. So, tell-all book.
0: Why don't you talk a little bit about Mel Evans for people who don't know who he was? Malcolm well, he.
1: He was their, the Beatles' roadie for 10 years, and he worked for them, and he helped Paul write songs on Sgt. Pepper, like Fixing a Hole and um, the theme song. And then he moved to L.A. in the early 70s, and he was writing a, a tell-all biography about the Beatles called Living the Beatles Legend. Well, he... One week before he was going to take his book to the publisher, he made, he reached an agreement with Will about the song royalties, and then he weren't he told his collaborator on the book to make sure the book got released, and then he was shot to death by police.
0: Right, like this
1: all happened right, like you know the same day or a couple, few couple a couple of days
0: very suspicious shooting too right i mean yeah something
1: yeah because like his girlfriend who was probably a honeypot she called the police and said that he was waving a rifle around it turned out to be an air rifle that the police came in and shot him then you know his book went missing his Suitcase full of memorabilia went missing, and even his ashes went missing on the way back to England.
0: It's incredible. So every that book has never been published either, right? It's lost. Well,
1: the the book it was found again, but it was redacted. So wow. we don't know what he was going to put in there. But yeah, it was heavily edited. Nothing was revealed.
0: And wasn't fall wasn't uh, Mal, Malcolm Evans with fall in Kenya? Like, aren't they? So he was around and knew all the sketchy stuff. And, like, Fall did all kinds of weird stuff, too. He, like, went to Scotland and he just had these strange mannerisms when people are interviewing him. Even that, even the other ones, is when they were asked about the death of John Labney, he's like chewing gum. Oh, like, he just might as well have clipped his toenail. Like, Mm -hmm. that's an amazing clip, too.
1: It's a drag, isn't it? Like, he seemed very irritated. I think that Fall resents the original Beatles. I think he resents Paul. Like, even there was a new thing he said where he was never a fan of P. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I think he gets irritated because people always say, oh, Yesterday and Eleanor Rigby are so great. And he's like, oh, why don't you talk about my songs? You know, oh, it's like, okay, oh, your songs are crap, but nobody wants to hear your songs. Like, fuck you, and frog chorus one please but, and, um, um,
0: just another thing that adds to the Brit- the, the Beatles mystique and the oddities of surrounding it is the death of John Lennon because it involved like a mind controlled patsy Mark David Chapman who was reading Catcher in the Rye and just very casual and you know supposedly shot Lennon and went and sat back down in Central Park and yeah. you know that whole story is even kind of uh, doesn't really verify the Paul is dead uh, story, but it, it also just shows all of the all the people around. And, and Lennon was on like a hit list from the FBI. I mean, so there's all kinds of really heavy-duty political people who were, which bolsters your position, that political people were very involved in what the Beatles were doing and what they were saying.
1: Well, I do think that the John Lennon assassination is suspicious, and I did write write it up on my Plastic Mecca blog that, uh, you know, there was a famous book by Fenton Bressler, who was a barrister in England, um, The Murder of John Lennon, I think it's called, but he talks about how Mark David Chapman was probably an intelligence asset, and he flew from Hawaii to New York twice to shoot John Lennon. Right. And like you said, he as soon as he shot him, or if he shot him, because Jose Paderno was... The doorman, Doorman, the CIA guy who'd been in at the Bay of Pigs. So, you know, he could have been the shooter. But, um, and also Yoko Ono, I mean, apparently, well, I was told by somebody who purported to know that the Japanese government did an investigation themselves because Yoko Ono is such a high profile Japanese citizen. And apparently, they thought that she was one of the shooters. But wow. that's just going from somebody who is, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, claims to know. But
0: well, she's an oddball too. Definitely, both into the occult, doing all kinds of weird stuff at that uh, Dakota. They were had like cow tongues, and they were doing. They made sure the baby was born at the right date. And he's totally into the occult too. Uh, the last person to see Mark David Chapman is Kenneth Anger. Who freaked out after Lennon. I mean, so you had, who's basically like a part of the Manson family through Bobby Boozley. So these connections are absolutely incredible.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's very suspicious. Yeah. And then the doctor, well, okay, so John Lennon is shot, and the doctor admits that he destroyed evidence, destroyed his clothing. Wow. Oh, and then Mark David Chapman was sitting down reading A Catcher, in the, catcher in, the riot, in the Riot, just waiting for the police. So that's, I mean, that's a mind-controlled... Right, written
0: by a pitch. guy who was in Navy, uh, military intelligence, right, Salinger in World War II. And uh, he, uh, Mark David Chapman was in, I think, either Vietnam or some other Asian country under Worldview, which was he's a in,
1: full CIA a-
0: operation.
1: He was in Beirut. I know Beirut, that. okay.
0: Yeah. Do you know, have you heard of the whole story of like World Vision, I think it was called? Not Worldview.
1: Was that like a CIA front? CIA front, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and also the nurse didn't believe that it was John Lennon when, you know, he came into the hospital and, um, so there's a whole lot of weird stuff around that but, you know, they, they took him out and if it's, you know, even the role of John Lennon, who knows, but, uh, if they took him out, and then there was also the attack on George Harrison, the knife attack, right. you know, yeah. right? The 2000 turn of this millennium. Right. And so, yes, if they're going to take out two Beatles or try, then why not Paul? Right. who was? But, see, people don't think that Paul was as political as he was because the new guy is just a controlled puppet for the New World Order. I mean, he... Hmm. He loves Obama. He's coming out for gun control. You know,
0: right. <laughs> It's, like, it's almost think? like somebody created somebody with those ideas. He doesn't... It. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh,
1: I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Um, but Fall also said that he wit- he personally witnessed a plane hit the World Trade Center on 9-11. And what are the chances? Wow. wow. So... Um, well, see,
0: that can be taken in two ways, right? So you can say, oh, that's just a very rare occurrence. Or you can say, he's an illumined, you know? Which oh, you yeah. know 9-11 is a illumined event.
1: Yeah, well, he's he's supporting the official story of 9-11. It's like, oh, yeah, I saw it happen. Like, come on, right? But,
0: um, so I didn't know that. Went, I wasn't aware of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, it just gets so deep, man. Because the Beatles really were the very influential. I mean, and I think that... He was. I don't think that uh, the original Paul was a dope smoker, but this new fall is a big-time pothead, right? Wasn't he?
1: Oh, yeah. He, out, used, so. he used his own children as drug, mule, drug mules to get him into Japan oh. with with marijuana back in 1980. So, you know, we, we talk about that, too, that, you know, fall comes into Japan for a concert. They find marijuana, or they say they find marijuana, whatever happened. And then they hold him for 10 days, and then they release him. I don't think he was allowed back in for a while, but, you know, it it just seems a little bit strange, and so people think that maybe the fingerprints didn't match from when Paul was there in 66, and they were holding him, trying to figure out, like, what is going on here, and then they, you know to British intelligence or whatever, and then it's like, okay, you just get out. <laughs> get out, leave, don't, don't come back.
0: Do you know of any, I mean, and even the death of Epstein was somewhat suspicious too, their manager who supposedly overdosed and died in bed, right? Yes, like, that's true. That's another kind of, does that really happen? You know, you kind of got to back, go back and look at a lot of the stuff that these there, guys were around and up to. And, yeah. There are a lot
1: of dead bodies. You know, a lot of of stuff, pretty sad, pretty sad story. But, you know, you mentioned Scotland earlier, and I think that's a good point because Paul did buy this farm in Scotland, Campbelltown, back in June of 66, and he bought it for basically a tax write-off or, you know, whatever his Mm -hmm. finances but he loved London. He just he bought a house in London, and he loved to be on the scene and to go see concerts and plays. And he was he was very urban. Okay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then Fall basically takes his family and moves up to Scotland, this remote farm, and disappears.
0: Yeah, that's another strange thing. Yeah,
1: it just doesn't. It seems not to be a characteristic of Paul. I do not think Paul would have ever done that.
0: Well, wasn't there speculation that the fall is Scottish and that that's where he is from? And that might have been why?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of speculation about where fall is from. There was a Paul McCartney look-alike contest that was held in Scotland. And Keith Allison was the official winner, but Fall could easily have been recruited from that. Gotcha. You know, that could have been staged as a way to find a a look like for that purpose. But, you know, people have told me who are from Liverpool or from England, and they say that Fall's accent is not from Liverpool.
0: Right, so it's changed. Like, Liverpool is very distinctive. So they knew right. Fall, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... You know, he's faking some British accent, or maybe he's British, but he's not having the correct Liverpoolian accent. That certainly he's a native English speaker, but where, in which, from which country is still to be determined. To be so. determined.
0: And one, what was his wife after Linda Eastman? He had the girlfriend. who said she on TV. She had all this information. She didn't want to put it out, but like everything pointed to. Inside information about fall, right? Oops, right. Name.
1: Heather Mills Heather was his second wife, and she freaked about something because back in 2007, she came out on TV, on mainstream media, saying, You know, I've left you, protect me, and I'll say nothing. And something so horrible happened that people didn't want to know the truth, and she was getting serious death threats because there was so much fear of the truth coming out from by a particular party and you can guess who that was that she said she put evidence in a box in case they topped her off which you know means to kill her mm-hmm. and if if she were killed that the truth would come out and uh, so she basically got a nice big payout for her divorce and uh has kept
0: quiet quiet she's nowhere around nobody even knows where yeah. she is and I, she has an interesting background too I, my understanding is that she was a prostitute for or an escort you know that's really how she got her start i don't know how she met fall but um
1: i think they met at some charity or at least that's the official version but you know, I think she has integrity. She found out, and she was like, "Oh hell no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be a part of that." No part of this, you know, yeah. she said somebody betrayed her. So, somebody she loved betrayed her, and, and it wasn't an infidelity. And I don't even think like people could say, "Well, maybe he was abusive," which she apparently was. But you know, she put that in her court papers and documents. I don't think. That that would be the secret that she couldn't reveal because she did. It was in her court document. So something, and you know, we can imagine what that would be.
0: <laughs> but, right, and I mean, when when the whole controversy started, there was—I mean, at the original time of this change, there was a lot of hubbub. Ethelie Bailey, you know, investigated. There was all kinds of people really looking into it, and uh, so it wasn't like. This just popped up. out. The Internet allowed people to compare all the pictures and notice the obvious discrepancies. But, um, yeah, I mean, this kind of controversy goes back. And I think that there was a lot to cover it up because I saw a Time magazine about the Beatles. I was looking at I was like, I think somebody's like done a Stalin job on some of these pictures. They've oh, yes. been doctored.
1: That's I mean, actually been proven because okay. the, forens- the forensic scientists... Who were trying to disprove Paula's diet, actually, they proved it. They looked at all the pictures and they saw telltale signs of photo tampering, wow. and they thought it, it already started back as soon as Paul was switched. Wow. And I've seen terrible hack jobs. I mean, just embarrassing, embarrassingly bad Photoshop jobs, wow. unofficial pictures. And right, one right, of right. one of them was from Memphis on August nineteenth, nineteen sixty six, and you can tell it's an obvious hack job. And I actually wrote um, it. it the, the image is for sale, and I wrote and I said, well, how, "Why are you selling this picture? That's an obvious forgery or you know, doctored photo." And of course, they never got back to me. But I've got it on uh-huh. my blog. You know, you can see what Paul looked like from that day, their their pictures and video, and then you can compare it to this official picture that's for sale, and you can tell that it's
0: Wow. It's, just, it's incredible I mean it's really it's just a bra- some of this stuff is just brazen like the the those are supposedly official pictures and it just looks like <laughs> i went, i mean i don't know anything about graphics graphic design, but it looks like something I would do like okay let's just <laughs> blur this yeah. out let's put this you know mat on here i mean it's really bad, yeah they took bad.
1: out it looks like they took the bottom of Paul's face and just stuck it superimposed it onto Paul's. And you can see this V shape in the cheek, which your cheek doesn't have a V shape, but there is one there. And then there's stubble, which he didn't have that day. And then the hair is completely black. Like they just magic marker the hair and the eyebrows too. But, you know, Paul's hair had highlights on it. And so, you know, I point out these differences on the blog and I think I talk about them in the book too. But
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And those are forensics that looked at it were Italian forensic sciences who just published their stuff independently. They weren't working with any other investigators or anything like that. They just these are our findings. Like this guy's not this guy's not Paul McCarthy.
1: Yeah, I don't think that I they were surprised by their findings. I don't think they well, they said they were setting out to just prove it. So right. they they found all these differences and they published it and wired. Okay. Wired Italia, and a lot of us wrote to Wired to get them to publish it in English, and of course they're not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Right. But, um, you know, wow. these, these these forensic scientists, Carlesi and Gabazzini, it did not help their careers, you know.
0: I'm, <laughs> to, so believe- I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah, it didn't help them. They didn't gain anything from coming out with the truth, you know, they just had integrity to actually publish what they found and to not whitewash it. But, you know, another person was Dr. Henry Truby from the university of Miami who ran the voice print analysis back in 69. And, you know, he said that there was Paul who sang yesterday and then one voice double who sang Penny Lane and then another voice double who sang Hey Jude. And, you know, he was on the radio talking about it with Roby Young and then Roby Young tried to follow up with him and Henry Truby was like, Oh no, I can't talk about this anymore. Wow. And so they got to him and, and probably threatened his career or whatever
0: they did. But yeah, he wouldn't talk about it. But
1: too late, the cat was out of the bag, you know.
0: <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean it's just there's just so many pieces. So, Tina, we are at 45 minutes. Is there anything that you think that we should cover or uh, anything else that you would like to talk to before we wrap this up? Um,
1: no, I mean, I think that the the people should look at the forensics. I've always focused on that the most because that's proof that Paul was replaced. And then... We have to get into the clues and in the astrology and the Bible code and the reverse speech to try to figure out what happened to Paul. And I go into all of that in the book, you know, right.
0: the symbols, the colors, all that stuff. yeah. And I mean I, what's really scary is that he could have been murdered, you know murdered. that's what I yeah.
1: think he was assassinated. and it's it's bone chilling to yeah. think that they got away with this. and this is some super evil. Agenda to just switch somebody out right under your nose, and then nobody notices. Nobody notices That's enough. terrifying, and and then um, you know, I, I would really like to see Paul's legacy restored, so that it's not conflated with Fall. That's that was important. Yes, set the record straight here because Paul had some really brilliant songs, and and then people think that he wrote "Fed You," which is just I'm sorry, but it's an embarrassment. <laughs> and, um.
0: What about Ebony and Ivory?
1: How, yeah, see that.
0: <laughs> what you don't know if some of these guys are being ghostwritten. You know, you don't know who's writing the songs, who's producing, who's behind it. You know, I don't. Yeah. I haven't done the research on it. Maybe it's overt. It's obvious that somebody else wrote those songs, but um.
1: There, there's a lot of speculation about well, who wrote some of the songs after Paul? I mean, I. I know that She's Leaving Home was a Paul song because the voice prints prove it. So they had some songs in the can that they could use from Paul, or at least ideas, because he said he recorded everything that he wrote. So they, they probably mined all of his stuff and then... Maybe when they ran out of material was when um, falls songs got really bad, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean he could have ghost writers, sure. Sure, they could.
0: all do. I don't think Madonna's ever written a song in her whole career. She just gets right. thing. I mean Elvis, I don't know if he was a songwriter. I think he had a lot of his stuff written for him, so Sure. You know. Um and so your blog is still extant, it's plastic maca, right?
1: Yes, plasticmaca.blogspot.com. Gotcha.
0: And that word MACA comes from kind of McCartney. England. Pardon me? McCartney, it's, right? Yeah,
1: it's, that's what they call them, uh, McCartney and MACA in England. So right. I actually got the title from the Who's Song Substitute. I see right through your plastic Mac. Wow. Yeah. Plastic MACA. So it's like, yeah, I see right through you, pot fall. You know, you're not fooling me. Right. <laughs>
0: And your book came out uh, just January 22nd. You have 24 five-star reviews. So, uh, And it's 512. Very well-detailed footnotes, which I 100% appreciate. So I love to read a book that has over 1,000 footnotes, you know, so people can actually just follow up where you're reading. So it's really fantastic. Your other book is The Splitting Image, Exposing the Secret World of Doubles, Decoys, and where's this dumb thing? What's the rest Pop- of the time?
1: Imposter replacement.
0: Imposter, imposter replacement. Sorry,
1: I got sorry. all the keywords in there. <laughs>
0: did you cover in the Spitting In? Did you cover the uh, replacement of Roosevelt during World War II?
1: I think I might have mentioned him in there because there. there's, there's something there's, with the ear.
0: Yeah, if you look at the pictures right there at Yalta, I think that they replaced him. They didn't want to. Uh, there was, you know, just like anything else, they didn't want to have him die during the war and people get dejected, so they replaced him because he was sick. Okay, yeah, but, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to send you the picture, but it doesn't look like the original Roosevelt at all. Super skinny. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, these things do happen. Sure does. All right, Tina Foster, the book again, the title of which is Plastic Macca, The Secret Death and Replacement of Beetle, Paul McCartney. Go get it. Check it out. It's really good. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. All right.